Season 7, Episode 8 of the Whales Are Whales Pod cast. 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 I am Brian. He is Cameron. Hello, Cameron. Hi, I am Cameron. Hello. He is Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Hi, he, he is me, Stephen. He is Benjamin. Hello, Ben. He is I. Wow. Good intro, man. <laughs> yeah, an interesting sort of like energy we have yeah. been providing so far. I th- you started off at an interesting energy and you just kept going with it. I, you know, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it it's could be kind worse. of a little more relaxed than a lot of internet content is today. And I thought this would actually be an interesting experiment is like, what if we all just talked with normal speaking voices through the whole episode and didn't like project for a podcast? Oh, wait, you guys have like different voices for podcasts i think everyone oh, does. 100%, yeah. <laughs> for most people i remember when i first met abigail in person mm-hmm. because we had all i had only met her in podcast form not even like chatting yeah. just in podcast form and she didn't recognize me very well because i was talking in regular speaking form but then when we recorded an in-person podcast yeah she was like oh there's the camera i know it's that's the yeah. voice i remember and recognize you know so yeah. I put on a different, maybe a little bit of different of a voice when I do podcasting. Yeah. So I, I can turn it off if you really want me to. Like if, if, if all of you listeners out there are used to the Dr. Jekyll of Cameron, <laughs> you should meet him in real life. The podcast, wait, which one's the monster? <laughs> the non, non-podcast Cameron. No, no, no. Which, very between between Jekyll and Hyde, which oh, one is the monster? Oh, Hyde is the monster. Hyde, okay. Podcast Cameron is Hyde for sure. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I would think so. Podcast Cameron is energized Cameron. Yes, sure. he turns it on yeah. and then he goes to, into uh-huh. his cave and, and sleeps for seven months after it's over. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of your life is hibernation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not, so not, not wrong. Been, when I'm around people, <laughs> I'm not in hibernation. Otherwise, I'm hibernating and I'm zoning out. Pretty yeah. accurate, honestly. Totally, totally. I feel for me, it's the main difference is just, and this will happen in life too, is I just project more like i speak more forcefully when you're doing like a podcast thing because there's there's just this sense of like it's similar to like talking on the phone to some degree or getting into an excitable conversation you just add that extra oomph uh to your voice but i think the more someone does podcasts the more naturally they do that and that's or perhaps often, the I think, more they're are referring to with a radio voice yes Stephen. well i was gonna say per- perhaps the more their regular speaking voice they begin to project and enunciate in everyday life mm. that i think that's, that can happen too that's the answer honestly i think because um i learned how to do that from i was in drama a lot in high school mm. and it was the difference between you know talking like this and and mumbling over words a little bit and speaking quickly and then talking like this it, it's basically the same the same energy but just louder and and you're uh, you're pronunciating your your words a little better, um, and it kind of right. just bled into how I speak normally. Because I used to, I used to be pretty mumbly, and 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 I'm still a little mm-hmm. mumbly. But I used to be in like middle school. I was very like talk really fast, don't really say much, and just be like just yeah. Little time. And everybody be like, what did you just say? Um, and as I've gotten older, I've been able to enunciate better and uh, yeah. be a little more projecting. And of course, doing podcasts for literally ten years has also helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It also helps your projecting voice to then sound natural because it can be easy if you just start projecting out of nowhere for it to be very stilted whenever you're you're doing that. But if right. you do it for long periods of time in normal conversation, you just start to get a voice that is both projecting and sounding pretty natural at most times. Um, Stephen, I interrupted you. Say your. Oh, I, I was just about to say something. I, okay, then I then got. Say I got <laughs> like, um, so you know, you you can just get hung up on certain words. That mm-hmm. whole time Cameron was talking, I got stuck on the first sentence he said, 
And the oh. first sentence he said was, I got in a lot, or I was in a lot of drama when I was younger. Oh. <laughs> and I, I know that he was talking about being in, like, part of, like, plays and in drama club or whatever. Uh-huh. But, like, I definitely was, like, I my brain couldn't stop Cameron being, like, did you hear what Becky said? Like, <laughs> <laughs> my whole life was West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, just... <laughs> doing the snapping as I walked down the hall. That was my drama life. Yeah. Cameron, Cameron was just in a lot of drama. <laughs> a lot of drama. And you really enunciate when you're in drama. You want, you want the person yeah. you're yelling at to hear you properly <laughs> if you were so in anyway drama, cameron oh sorry yeah, if you were in drama a lot cameron i was i was wondering if you could spare a minute to explain shakespeare to me explain shakespeare well we didn't do I've any shakespeare plays too. but yeah. like explain what about shakespeare i studied him a lot so, in college great okay so you're the right person to talk to so <laughs> yeah. i have not been able okay. to connect with uh, shakespeare's work uh, very right. much in my life and I feel like so much of it was um, sort of a comedy and um, mm-hmm. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when you're kind of on the cutting edge of comedy. Subversive, maybe, for the time. Mm-hmm. How are you able to read that now and sort of get the humor and appreciate it if it was written for such a different time? Can I, can I jump in here for a second? Of course. Yes. Okay, so I remember in high school reading King Lear and uh, I, so specifically whenever like this memory, um, a, a classmate of mine had uh, – he and his dad took yearly trips to Colorado to go skiing and snowboarding, and they invited me to go with them. And so we were reading King Lear out, out loud to each other in the car on the 13-hour drive across Kansas. And we got to a point in the story like two or three different times where I just started laughing out loud because it was so funny. And he looked at me like, wait, I don't, I don't have any understanding as to what you're talking about. And the one scene in King Lear that I, I'd like to just like very shortly describe to you that made me laugh so loud was there's a point where like King Lear has gone blind and he decides that he would like to like jump off and kill himself. And he has like this manservant friend thing who leads him to what he says is like the top of a cliff. Have you guys read this story at all? I have not read this one. No. Okay. Mm-mm. So what's funny about this, this thing is that his manservant is like, he's d- trying to describe the scene to him. And he's like, yes, we are above the clouds. We can see, um, I can see the ships as little dots down there. There are maybe some birds flying a little bit away, but like, yes, this is a huge drop. And what is it? And it, it like, his, this is the manservant speaking to King Lear and King Lear is blind at this point, has gone fully blind. And he has, he wants to commit suicide when in reality, on like his manservant has led him to a tiny rock like a very small rock and he's describing all of these things and king lear is like okay i wish to jump off now and he leaps and he falls maybe three or four feet (laughs) and he gets up and his manservant walks around pretends to be someone else and says oh my goodness you've fallen from such a large height the gods must have um blessed you and like you are going to be like like there's no way that you should commit suicide because you have like you you've been saved from this fall i started laughing because if you imagine it as an actual play a lot of shakespeare's plays have like a physicality to them that was funny and there's this huge build-up and this actor leapt off of a three foot like a three foot little boulder and then his his friend probably shaking his head the whole way walks down off of the boulder and around and comes up and is like okay got to get back into character oh my goodness you've fallen from such a large height like it's so it's very very funny because 
what's like what Shakespeare is writing and like what the words are saying um just have a they totally contrast um the physicality of what is actually happening on stage so anyway I don't well, know no, that's that's my <laughs> it's a really good point because I and I, what I was I was gonna say something similar Ben is that there's a weird disconnect with Shakespeare with reading Shakespeare um because first of all for me anyways the language barrier is really rough um I have a lot of trouble with the way he obviously obviously it's English but it it I have a I have a lot of trouble with understanding a lot of how Shakespeare writes, especially when it's read in a group setting, like we did we did in college a lot. I I, I need time to process what's happening, um, and so the language of it really hindered my liking of Shakespeare's works. When I went back to it in private, reading it at my own leisure, I was able to really dig and understand things better. But you're right, Ben. I think reading Shakespeare is almost like a like like a bad thing to do. Shakespeare is the is deserved to be acted out on stage they are plays they are not movies they are not books they are plays they are stage plays right. and so reading that scene in a book or even on a as stage as the stage script reading that is like nah you know it's kinda, i get it it's funny but watching that happen is hilarious because you can because you're right shakespeare is very lowbrow uh slapstick crude humor you know it's covered in this rosy old english uh you know english that we are all like oh it's so pretty and beautiful but in reality shakespeare's plays are incredibly crass and incredibly and he, uh, like he wrote them he wrote them for the masses like the masses people. and wrote them in like a week you know it, yeah. they're not these they're not these masterpieces we we hold them up on pedestals in in this in this um because we because we see the floor, flowery wording, we're like, oh, it's so beautiful. He writes so elegantly. In reality, this guy's like probably drunk, just scribbling down these hilarious things that he's thinking of in his mind that he knows are going to be funny to the peasants who can't read up on stage. You know, it's we 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 rose tint Shakespeare to a point where we think it's this high um, high art, when in reality, I don't think it is. And I, and I think it needs to be looked at through a different lens that most people look at it through. Also, I will say this, reading the, uh, not the abridged, but reading the interpreted modern English versions also really helped for me. But that's just yeah. my personal problem. I, I really struggle with the old English uh, wording. Um, and so there's actually books that take Shakespeare. And on one page of the book is the old English. And on the other side of the page is the same thing but rewritten so regular people can understand it so yes yeah, even i would say there's a disconnect that most people hold shakespeare up on this huge pedestal and i don't think that's how shakespeare should be written or i mean read uh it should be read in as almost like a youtube video almost like it's just a funny a funny good he's a good writer but it's the funny dude writing funny scenarios it's not this high art stuff if you ask me extremely interesting <clears throat> it almost seems like it would be someone 100 years in the future like reading a Joss Whedon movie script <laughs> off the page and just being like, I don't get it. Yeah, that, um, there, there's there. That's a valid comparison. Absolutely. Um, I agree. What What made you interested in, in Shakespeare? Is this a is, did, did I miss the part of the conversation where we got onto Shakespeare? Hold on, I want to guess. I think you were actually sort of joking as a bit, and we got into a real conversation. Was that true? Um, I don't remember the percentile Something of prompted my... it just i think our conversation oh, well, Cameron said drama he had did drama that was, he was it younger. yeah so it reminded me of shakespeare and i've tried to read shakespeare before and yeah there you go okay well uh, if you ever go back yeah. to shakespeare honestly like for realsies read the english uh like old english translated versions see if you might find the story more interesting and then like ben said kind of Imagine it like a play. Don't imagine it like you're reading a book. Act it out. I don't know if you have this kind of visual uh, 
mind, but act it out in your head. Um, and you might find a little more, um, a little more uh, out of it in general, out of whatever yeah. you're reading. Well, good. That's a great idea. Do you find that all of Shakespeare's plays are primarily comedic? Like, is Hamlet a primarily comedic play, or is that more of a drama? I, I have very little experience. Uh, I, would, I, I don't remember. I don't remember studying it. I just remember the ones that we read and me finding okay. them very funny. Um, gotcha. I, but we also, I don't know if we studied the specific tragedy like Midsummer's Night Dream or like Hamlet. Like, I don't remember mm -hmm. if we if we studied the tragedies. And I also don't know enough about, yeah, I don't know enough about that to answer. I, I would say, gotcha. the, honestly, the funnily enough, the Joss Whedon comparison is very apt. Um, I think... A Josh, a Joss Whedon movie is going to be pretty funny, but that's not the point. Um, typically, mm. it's it's not a comedy, you know, but it's funny um, right. throughout. And I th honestly think that that's that's how Shakespeare mostly works. Now, I've only read three or four total Shakespeare's uh, works. Yeah. Um, but each of them have moments of like, ah, ah, it's ridiculous and funny, but then right, it's very, right. you know, it's very dramatic af afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say it's a good balance um, because again. It, whoever said it's for the masses that was maybe you ben you want these idiots the idiot peasants who don't understand anything barely understand the english language to laugh um while also mm -hmm. telling an engaging story as much as you can and so it's mm -hmm. a, I, I do think he straddles that line pretty well I, I think that it it is interesting that perhaps we can get it exactly backwards in that because he is coming from a tradition of um what you say much more formal and uh beauty focused language than we have now we look at it and say what high art mm -hmm. but the thing that was notable about him at the time was that he was actually bringing that high form and making it lower yes and so what mm -hmm. made shakespeare remarkable was the transition to lower but what we note is that he still had some of that higher left in uh, him I, 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 art from to kind the of, era he was writing to continue the comparison to joss whedon i think that is interesting because uh both of them wrote dramatic comedy or comedic drama right and they both wrote for the masses but with a sort of twist of wit that is sort of rarely seen mm -hmm. and it, right. it like joss whedon is writing like these superhero films which is probably the equivalent of writing about like the gods and witches and kind of historical figures mm -hmm. like that in in shakespeare's time so i bet like the the witty everyone can see a popcorn flick super people actually talk like they actually talk joss whedon avengers movie it was probably very similar to going to a theater and seeing shakespeare back in the day yeah and i definitely don't want to get the impression that i think shakespeare writes as good as joss whedon um i could see people getting upset about that uh, but i think mm -hmm. the the tone is totally i think I, honestly i think that was a very very whoever brought that up in the first place that's a very apt apt um comparison uh, between the two mm -hmm. Um, even yeah. Josh Whedon's old shows too, I think are very similar. Although of course Shakespeare was never serialized like that, of course, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I think know he'd be on Hulu if he could have been right. He definitely would have done, you know, gone commercial if he could have, but it, yeah, it didn't really exist back then. That was the dark ages, <laughs> man. Was it the dark ages? It was Renaissance. <laughs> so it would be like at the end of what is considered the dark ages. Okay. So, so, so yeah. the dark transition ages, out, whatever. Yeah, whatever, right? Yeah. Everything before. <laughs> what? When was the United States born? 1776? Oh, that definitely is wrong. Uh, 1776. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah, everything before you that just doesn't had matter. The century he, he was getting yeah. there. He had run through a few numbers. Yeah. And... <laughs> so Cameron, Hi. I had a random thought uh, the huh? other day, and by the other day I meant today. Oh, so so why not? So, you know, today. Um, okay. I was listening to um, Garrett from Into the Nexus yes. and many other podcasts, and he was talking about how he did this uh, student project because he's doing a taking a podcasting class for a master's degree he's working on, and it was an elective. And the student project needed him to make a podcast. And so he made a podcast where he talked to his dad about um, different movies. Because his dad is basically one of those types of people that um, just watches History Channel and reads history and doesn't like fiction. Mm-hmm. And to no, the why point, does like, he watch he doesn't... History Channel? <laughs> well, yeah. No, he doesn't watch a late night History Channel. Oh. He just, yeah, watches documentaries and and he he liked like westerns growing up that was the only kind of fiction he liked um and so garrett's trying to introduce into things like you know comic book movies and stuff like that and getting his dad's reactions to them and they have a very good rapport together and i thought it was entertaining and i was thinking if you were to do a similar podcast with your dad Mm because i feel your dad also has a very good personality for that what are the what are the things you think would be most interesting and you think people would find most interesting of you talking to your dad about like in terms of media or something like that uh, mm, you, like, is there a blind spot he has or does he mostly keep up he he is a tastes? he is a tamer me um so <laughs> there's not really much i could talk to him about that w- that would for you guys anyways that yeah. you would find interesting because you know me so mm. well you basically know him he we, oh okay we he we like very similar music we like very similar movies he just doesn't keep up with everything as much as i do so yeah he likes the avengers movies and stuff but he hasn't seen the newest one you know like it's that kind mm-hmm. of thing and he likes he likes okay. these rock bands but he hasn't he hasn't listened to the newest you know rock scene but he wouldn't be he there isn't that kind of contrast no there. there's literally no contrast um on yeah like i honestly <laughs> i actually struggle to i give my dad music cds for his birthday most of the time just mm-hmm. like something that i like that i figure he'd like too and he always 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 likes likes them and i finally mm-hmm. found one band and he was like no nah, i don't really like that and i was like wow oh. that's amazing and it was 21 pilots you, uh, uh, really? you know Aww. i could see that being the cutoff he, he, yeah. he i gave him the trench album which is their darkest album and he goes no nah, it wasn't hard enough and i was like what do you mean not hard mm-hmm. enough that's a that's super dark thinking. album but he's like no i yeah. mean for like he, there's no guitars and i'm like yeah okay oh, i get okay. it yeah um but yeah so that too, wouldn't yeah that wouldn't be a very good podcast topic with my dad honestly because mm. we are well i mean yeah. it would be interesting for other people but for you guys you would just be like right. he's describing himself cameron's describing cameron's yeah. dad is basically cameron it's like cameron White. talking to cameron yeah pretty much <laughs> um, i would love to do a podcast called cameron talking I, to cameron I, yeah same here i literally <laughs> have that same thoughts yeah. even. <laughs> well thanks i guess yeah no i think it'd be really good but for different reasons um yeah I think that my dad that would, would also be, be very bad at podcasting. Um, he is incredibly so? shy. He's incredibly mm, shy. What if you don't tell really? him you're recording an episode? Until uh, that's a fact. felony. That well, yeah, that is technically <laughs> a felony. No, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't know if it actually is. But I, if, I, I don't know if Oregon is a two two person consent recording. Uh, yeah. State. Um, right. Right. But uh, no, he, he we have really really good philosophical conversations. But again, we always agree mm-hmm. on everything. So there's no back and forth. Yeah. There's always like yeah, and, and I also think this, and he's like yeah yeah I agree, I agree. That's that's stupid too. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> it's when you get my mom involved is when you have the disagreements. Okay. Um, ah, so there's there's the pivot. What media? What disconnect would there be with your mom? Yeah, I wouldn't say media based stuff because she's okay. she's just kind of around for the ride when it comes to yeah. media based stuff. What right. well we just we actually had a discussion and we were actually very civil with our discussions nowadays. We didn't used to be. Um but mm-hmm. nowadays we've we've all chilled out a little bit. Um the discussion we had mm-hmm. was kneeling uh to the national anthem. 
Um, mm. And I was like, oh yeah, I would kneel for the national anthem. Are you kidding me? If I if if there's some, if there's a reason for it, I would absolutely do it. And she's like, that's literally terrorism. And I was like, okay, you're <laughs> you're me, obviously. <laughs> I'm you. Um, and so we had a big long debate at the and at the end, we both came out with different perspectives. So it was nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that would be an interesting uh, podcast is you talking to your mom about politics. Uh, is, yeah. <laughs> it would be incredibly misinformed, uh, infuriating yeah. podcast that we argue things yeah. we don't really know much about. Yes. <laughs> but that's politics. Shoot. You're right. <laughs> so I think you'd, you'd be slotting right in there. Um, but I, something else I found interesting about the pod, uh, the podcast with Garrett and his dad was the the contrast not just between them as personalities, but generationally, because Garrett yes. is basically a millennial. His dad is basically a baby boomer. Yep. Um, and the idea of like being a, and Garrett described it really well, where he's like being a fan of something and finding some of your identity in that and being super into these, like knowing your different niches and meeting your communities through them. That's something that he does so much that his dad just doesn't do. Right. And like that, that whole kind of, that almost obsession and in some cases absolutely obsession with like pop culture specifically in the in the form of like uh i guess nerd is the best like umbrella word that people have for it but i still don't love that um but that idea of comic books and video games and um and all those sorts of things and and defining so much of your identity and your fandom for those sorts of things it was just interesting to me how much that just completely wasn't in his dad's worldview at all and how much that has really been created within like the last generation generation and a half right i i find my parents both um they are on the teetering edge my, my, my mom is yeah. my dad is on the teetering edge of, of of a boomer um but he would call himself mm -hmm. a gen xer and, and i see that i see that philosophy a little bit he does latch on yeah. to certain things um, yeah. but it has to be very specific things and they don't come off around very often. And then otherwise yeah. he's like not interested, you know, and that probably yeah. leans into why he's not super, I mean, he likes media, but he doesn't, he yeah. doesn't seek out to the newest Avengers movie, right. you know? Um, but like my dad, my dad watches a lot of stuff on Netflix, a lot of different series. His most recent thing was going through all of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. So nice. he's been watching that forever. And so he watches lots of different stuff, but he would never like buy a t-shirt. Of right a show you might see say, my dad oh, would. I'm a... my dad has right. journey shirts yeah. you know like right but exactly and i think your dad's like right on the cusp my dad's yep. a little older than yours but like my dad's like that was a good tv show um, next i'm now <laughs> done I'm watching this television the program thing. yeah right, i will stop exactly. engaging with it the second time I'm right yeah and the impression i got from like garrett's dad was like yes i enjoyed reading a couple of comic books when i was a kid that is a thing that kids did and now i don't mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like that 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 divide of like when you're an adult you now learn about history and you learn about real things like it's interesting to me how that has changed so much in the culture in the last couple I, decades i do years. wonder how us millennials will be when we are much older um because mm -hmm. we we are we grew up in such a different era um even yeah. compared to like 1900 to the 1950s you know our yeah. our generational leap with the internet was astronomical and yeah. and I, I am very curious to see are we going to be you know in the in our nursing homes um mm -hmm. doing the same things we do right now or are we going to yeah. mellow out and and start you know watching matlock or whatever um right I, i'm curious like, to see yeah, are they going to be you know basically like 
the the Magic the Gathering and D&D table. At, at right, yeah, or, or, or video <laughs> yeah. games, like real video games, not just right. Wii Sports. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm playing Dragon Age uh, <laughs> 4, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm 70 years old, or Half-Life yeah. 3 when that finally comes Nursing out. Nursing homes are a really interesting play, uh, idea or, like, uh, retirement homes because they are trying to recreate the, what would you say, the average the lowest common denominator of recreation for a given generation it's like what kind of music do you listen to well we'll have some bands come in and play that what kind of food did you eat and what kind of like recreation did you have and we'll create a very generic form of that Mm -hmm. so that everyone can enjoy it and so it is an interesting social experiment to look at of like what even like what is the you know people who grew up in the 60s uh or or the 70s like people like my mom and dad that's going to be different than the nursing homes where they're playing all big band music and mm-hmm. playing cards all the time. Like that's, that is going to be interesting to look at. And for millennials, I, I could absolutely see like our recreation and leisure time. How do we spend that? It's not by the pool listening to Frank Sinatra. No, like it is. Different. Although I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, no, those are both <laughs> good things. Um, but yeah, what is the, the common denominator? Of, I mean, like, our geez, generation, YouTube, yeah. <laughs> It is much more individual as well. It's yeah. so yeah. That's actually a really good point. Honestly, that's kind of why I, what I was saying with the generational gap with the internet is like everybody, mm-hmm. every millennial back in the day, it was like literally you listened to French Sinatra, you drove a Corvette, you 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 know in the sixties, or yeah. you were a hippie. You yeah. had two options, you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> nowadays, it's like everyone can be anything because we there's mm. so 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 much media and just right. stuff in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just it baffles yeah. me when like little teeny tiny streamers who have like fifty views can make a living off of that because they have the fifty mm-hmm. people who like that specific type of person, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah, well, I, I'm really curious to see where it'll go. It's like it's super interesting to see it. At the same time, people like their interests have been super super splintered to where, like you said, you can have a YouTube channel or podcast about a crazy specific thing, mm-hmm. and yet they're all incredibly similar in that you're probably hosting out of the same three platforms and you're probably doing a lot of the same practices. Yeah, everyone's video, YouTube video intros sound the same. So as much as the actual interests are different, the, the patterns are incredibly similar. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where the conglomerate <laughs> right? happened and yeah. an individuality it's, happened. It's it was weird. a weird mix of both or something. Yeah, because like when the internet started, it really was like an underground thing. Like going to the comic book shop had this underground kind of quality to mm-hmm. it. You were on the counterculture. But now it is very, very much the culture. Um, like I will say we are teetering very close to getting back to the capitalism uh, discussion no, from last no, week. Not, so we, right. should, we should back up a little bit we and talk pivot. about something else. Yeah. <laughs> Did someone really say point. capitalism? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I had a really good time last month, but we gotta. We, yeah. oh, let's talk about something fun, like yeah. cheese. Hmm. Brie. I, I really do like cheese. Cheese is Brie? Swiss. Brie's okay. Swiss. Ah, mm. oh, Swiss is gross. Monster. Dude. Monster's good. Yeah. Provolone is really good. Okay. What is yep. best cheese? I mean, honestly, just like a really sharp white cheddar is going to be my favorite Gouda. cheese. Yeah, sharp in general. Like, I really like sharp cheeses. Yeah, Gouda. Um, I don't like Gouda that much either, honestly. Eh, Gouda's pretty good. It's okay. Um, yeah. My doctor and Parmesan is amazing to... on things. Cameron, what is... of all the single word answers you could have given to derail this podcast, cheese was right at the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how I work, man. Yeah. Non sequiturs are my Food speciality. Time. 
Um, I, I I'll need to dig out the old bumper. No, please um, don't. So forget it. Yeah. If we're gonna, okay, okay, so if we're gonna pull up, if we're gonna pull up an old bumper, can we do a burn notice? I freaking loved that. Oh, there was a good bumper, but I don't know really if Cameron's been burning bumper. himself at his IT job. But I mean, we um, can ask. I I haven't, but my dad burned himself on my my car changing the okay. oil. Perfect transition. I'm going to play the bumper here. Well, I already said the thing. Uh, say it again. What happened to your dad? He burned himself <laughs> on the car. <laughs> oh, well, he, why, Cameron, Wait. this is an amazing segue. How has the car thing been going this last month? Wow, what a segue. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Maybe someone else should go for a bit. All right. Ben, how has Cameron's car thing been going this last month? Honestly, it seems like he's really into it. Like, he's so excited. The car is actually running now, which is super yep. cool. I'm really excited yeah. about that. Um, He got more of a sunburn than he has had recently, uh, so that's good. I was don't it a sunburn or was it tanning? It was just a really Cameron? good tan. It was a really, yeah. really, really dark tan. It didn't look like a sunburn. And Not a bad. I will pass it back to Cameron. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I bought a Corvette, and it's really cool, and I love it. And uh, my, today, mm -hmm. me and my dad drove. He has a Porsche Boxster, so mm -hmm. we drove the Boxster, and we drove the Corvette around town being ridiculous. Um, and uh, it's got some just minor knocking down mailboxes. No, and not causing, that ridiculous. More like just going vroom vroom at each uh, yeah. intersection. Um, I know. I, his, I know those people. His car is faster than mine, which is a very annoying. Um, but uh, <laughs> we have an actual. We're gonna go to a track up at some point and race them and race them both. So yeah. I was going to say, have you actually hit the top speed of your car, Brian? My top speed of my car is 145 miles an hour. That's why I want to know. <laughs> no, I have not. Um, okay. Honestly, it has some front end front end issues right now so yeah, i haven't maybe, i haven't been going over 70 no no yeah, i haven't okay. been going over 70 in, on the freeway mm -hmm. um because gotcha. it's a little wobbly and it's not super good yeah. to, to have yeah, but very uh, arnold schwarzenegger right there. wobbly, <laughs> wobbly. <laughs> um yeah some minor problems front end's got some weird issues yeah. but we fixed the ac the other day we nice. fixed the dash i fixed the dash i was proud of that that's um, been holding up yeah so far so good um i stuck it in the oven and cooked the electronics and, I thought that was an amazing solution. And yeah, it, it reflowed the solder, and now it works again. And I'm just like, that saved That's, me $300. Is, Cameron, that was the perfect blend of your two professions. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Honestly, <laughs> because awesome, my, my dad was like, well, we can't really do much about it. We'll just send it in and get it fixed. And I'm like, I'm putting it in the oven. And he was like, don't, yep. don't do that. And I was like, you just watch. <laughs> and he's like, don't do that. And I'm like, yeah. And I put it in the oven and it worked. And he was yeah, like, what, what you think that by this point, your dad would know that telling you not to do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I usually take his advice when it comes to car stuff, but I just had this yeah. gut feeling that if I put It was put more that, of computer stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was a computer thing. Like I wouldn't have put the, 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 the gas tank in the oven or something if I had a dent in it. Um, yeah. but I just had a feeling and, um, and it, it so far it's held up. It's been a week or maybe like five days, and it's been working so far. So, so what what temperature did you, did you uh, start? At? You started at two hundred, and then you mm -hmm. go up to four fifty. Once it hits four fifty, you give it one minute, and then you pull it out. Where um, did you learn this uh, internet trick? Okay, of course. Well, mm -hmm. I learned it back in the day with my Xbox three sixty um, because yeah. the Red Ring of Death. It was the exact same problem. The, the solder mm -hmm. would go bad. And uh, you literally put the whole stupid Xbox. Well, at first, you what you do is you wrap it in a towel so it overheats itself, mm -hmm. and then That's all the all the solder melts. Works. Yeah, um, I always wondered why the towel method helped. Yeah, okay. well, it, it was kind of a stopgap though, because it actually did it yeah. usually did more harm than good because it wasn't quite hot enough. Um, so then you just put it in the oven. So when people say you need to sweat out a fever, is that because we're actually resoldering our our immune system circuits? Yes. 
that well, what's happening there? Yeah, yeah, that's actually how it works. Okay. You, cool. you, 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 your body sweats like crazy to raise the mm. temperature of your body to burn the virus out of your body. That's that's how that's what fevers are. I mean, that is true. Yeah. I did know that much. Oh, but okay. Yeah, well, so I guess there's more more analog there than I uh, yeah. considered between. No, it's digital. Uh, actually, not yeah. analog. You're funny. I know. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I it's such it when precious. Someone shouts, you're funny at someone else. It's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Usually, it's only small attack. children do that. Uh, yeah, you're funny. Uh, um, so Ben, I feel like you know, time with you is gold because your time, I feel like, is worth the most just monetarily based Aww. on what you're paying for your degree than any of us right now. Thanks, um, man. And the the extreme low supply of time you have. <laughs> yeah, I, there's, just basic there's some economics here. To that for sure. Yeah. Um, so what's up with you? How how is your head? How is your life? How is did you say how is your head and then change it to yes. how is your life? <laughs> not change. I included the vote. <laughs> that was not a, a semicolon. Didn't you notice? No. <laughs> I mean, I can say it again. How is your head? I, I think my head is fine. I, I hadn't really considered the stance of my head at, at, at any recent point, what? but I guess now is as good a time say? as any, right? Why did yeah, you God, ask him that? <laughs> Stephen is flummoxed, dude. <laughs> It's like, you know, where's your head at? It's kind of like okay. that. Oh. That's a legitimate question. Um, so yeah, I, like, how is I'm, your head? Okay, the only, the only thing I would have, like, if I was going to pick a topic, it wouldn't just be talking about my life because everyone knows it's insane. The thing I would <laughs> choose to talk about is um, I recently had a miniature uh, uh, existential Corgi? crisis. Oh. Like, oh, okay. yeah, no, a miniature Corgi would have been way better. Um, <laughs> and it was about competitiveness in video games which sounds really oh, dumb this is so weird because when you joined the call i saw you playing rocket league and i'm like i really want to have an abstract conversation about competitiveness in video games but i don't i don't really? know my prompt for I that yes we do 100%. not have to make this long but no um, i wanted to talk about this specifically so do it okay what so this weekend or this i guess this week i, I guess it um i had my mind blown because i thought that i had like a sense of uh, like i've played enough competitive video games right i, I played mm -hmm. a ton of hearthstone league of legends um i tried yeah. to get good at overwatch right i thought i had a sense of um distribution of rank by player population so like mm. in league of legends if you're in platinum you're in the top 12 percent of players right mm -hmm. in team fight tactics if you're in platinum you're in the top like seven percent right in um mm -hmm. i think I, I remembered in overwatch i thought it was like if you had hit plat platinum you were in like the top either 20 or 15 percent okay and i thought that that was just like uh like everyone in the gaming industry just kind of like had found like okay this is what works like mm -hmm. ranked rank distribution is based like by player population is like roughly these things and so mm -hmm. I was going off of that, and I started playing Rocket League over the past, like, year, and I started in Silver, and I was like, I would like to get a little bit better at this game. And so I climbed up into Platinum, and I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I have, I'm not great at the game, but I am good enough to play and not feel like I'm completely incompetent, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Turns out, in Rocket League, I don't know which company is the one that, like, set this up, but in Rocket League, it, Platinum is the largest not even platinum the lowest rank of diamond is the highest player like the highest populated rank mm -hmm. and so i thought that i had hit like okay like i've grinded out like i've i've practiced some things like i'm not great at the game but i'm good enough to call myself competent turns out i'm still in the like literally the bottom 30 percent of players 
by being in mm. platinum, which blew my mind. Like I couldn't like I couldn't wrap my mind around that. Not that I was wanting to be amazing, but I definitely thought that I would I was better than I was. And so that made mm-hmm. me that that sparked me going to um like and googling all of the different uh games based based on like pa- like player population based on game. And um mm-hmm. turns out that Rocket League is a little bit of an outlier. Um it turns out most most uh most games like most competitive games they stick to that format and so whenever i thought i was good at rocket league it wasn't a totally un un Mm -hmm. un uh unsubstantiated i guess i thought but it did did just blow my mind and i wanted to ask you guys about that like what your thoughts were well i'm curious as to what why specifically did it blow your mind because like, I so because I had played Hearthstone and Rocket League or in League of Legends and a couple others, I thought that I understood that like player population, like th- that game that game companies made the decision beforehand of like you have to be this good. We want to keep roughly this amount of our population in this specific range. Right. No, I get that. I'm I'm curious as to why it bothered you though. Oh, like uh, because because thought, you weren't as good so, as you thought you were. So here's here's the deal. Um, I, this is embarrassing to say. But I'm gonna say it. Okay. I, I hate being bad at video games. I hate that it. That is me... something I knew know very well about you, Ben. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm, it makes me mm-hmm. unbelievably angry to be the worst of like my friend group in a video game, right? <laughs> and so I try really like I I put in time outside of the game to learn how to like even if I'm not gonna carry like I want to be able to compete with my friends, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so. I had some friends get into Rocket League, and I was like, okay, I am obviously the worst. I would like to not do that. And so I spent mm-hmm. time. I spent, like, I, I was like, okay, how much time do I need to put in so that I can be competitive? I made, like, I did, like, you know, the mental math of, like, all right, is it worth it to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, to spend this amount of effort and time to get that good? And I determined that it was. And so I sat down, spent that time, and it turns out that, like, like I, I think that because I like being good at games, I take way more pride than is absolutely necessary and is probably way more than healthy in mm-hmm. knowing that if you put me against the average of a player in any game i could beat them mm-hmm. right like if you put mm-hmm. me against the average league player i could beat them if you put me against <coughs> the average right and like mm-hmm. so whenever i saw that statistic i was legitimately bothered i was like wait so you're telling me i'm still bad like i've put in all of this effort and i'm actually Mm -hmm. bad at the game and it really like it bothered me way more than it should have and like it's embarrassing but it is true like i was actually bothered (laughs) that's see that's from what i've known of you ben when you are well you just said it when you are bad at something or when you are worse at that something than everybody else around you you want to get better at it I'm surprised this didn't spark you back to getting even better at Rocket League. You're like, oh shoot, I have way more to learn. Here we go. You know, because well, here's the. De- I think I think that in day to day gameplay, it doesn't feel like I am bad, right? Like right. in moment to moment gameplay, like yeah, I'll miss balls, but like if like I can generally make the game do what I'm wanting it to do, and I and I felt like that was. But be, I think the difference is the skill ceiling in Rocket League is yeah. just so high yeah it's so freaking mm-hmm. high like, i was gonna not say even, that actually like and i i like and like in league of legends i was talking with my friends about this the ones that were with me when i had this crisis um <laughs> i was like okay so like the difference between like it's pretty well known 
that the difference between like low platinum and low gold is primarily mechanics because at that point you understand the decision making enough like the big overarching decision making enough to as a team coordinate towards wins and you lose off of the individual player's mechanical ability to actually perform i can vouch for that and so and maybe that's true just for mobas i don't know if it's true for like csgo or whatever but like uh or for other first person shooters but like I like I knew that the CL ceiling for Rocket League was massive, but I also so okay without going into capitalism, there's an, <laughs> there's a like companies like competitive game companies that it's they've said over and over that the people that play ranked are the ones that pay the most money to play that game because those are the people that have something they're actively working towards, right? If you mm-hmm. give a player a goal, they're more likely to play more and they're be more in, more invested in the game just in general right Mm -hmm. and so i rage quit league of legends last year after spending like three months actively trying to get good and not being able to climb because of a mix of some of it was my own skill but a lot of it was the fact that they're they don't punish people for playing toxic or for feeding like if one of your teammates just decides i'm angry like they can ruin the game Mm -hmm. for you and they don't punish like they don't get punished for that right and so there's just a, a habit of people doing that um and i one of my friends who's in like diamond he's like yeah well it sucks that you know riot is incentivized to keep you in the rank that you are so that you keep coming back and i could not get that thought out of my head whether or not it was true and um i was thinking like okay i wonder if because like if rocket league wanted to move their player population lower down right like if they wanted to say all right the majority of our players are in silver like it is in in like league of legends they could do that. They, it would just be an algorithm change. But I wonder if there's any incentive to for the company to say, all right, we want our players to feel fairly good at the game. So we're going to push the majority of our population toward Diamond 4, mm-hmm. right? And that's the, the largest, like the largest player base in Rocket League is in Diamond 4, which seems mm. insane to me because like in, like in my mind, once you've hit Diamond, you're, you're very good at the game. Like, Mm-hmm. The like you are you are as good as someone can get without dedicating a, like with like as a as a casual player could get. Does that make sense? Yeah, and yeah. I think I've been talking straight for like ten minutes, but I just yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> I just no, this is really interesting. This. And I I'm I'm remembering back to that uh, we talked about it a few months ago, or I don't know how long ago it was at this point that that gamer motivation profile thing. And Ben, you scored super high on on competition mastery and achievement mm-hmm. and all of this is coming together because <laughs> yeah, that's and honestly, super that gamer important motivational profile has like definitely helped me like like so whenever i had this realization with rocket league mm-hmm. i was like okay what needs to happen i either need to make the decision to try to get better or i need to determine that rocket league is no longer a game i wish to play competitively because i was putting more hours into it than i actually had to give it and mm-hmm. I wasn't actually growing. Like, I was trying to grind yeah. Rocket League, which is why this hit me so hard. Like, I thought I was mm-hmm. getting, like, and maybe I was yeah. getting better skill-wise, but I definitely wasn't, like, climbing the ranks because I hadn't right. hit that critical mass of, oh, I am right. actually better in yeah. consistently in all of these different things I'm working on. And well, so basically, were... mm-hmm. sorry, the long and the short of it is that I, yeah. I made the decision to not play Rocket League actively trying to compete now i just play for fun and like with friends right like right i just well i think yeah go i ahead. think it's really interesting when you realize you have a motivation that's that's the one thing and that's what the motivation profile helps with is like oh i have this drive and desire to do this thing 
and that's why I'm doing it. And, and you know, now I, I can... I've got to break in here mm-hmm. for a second here. Mm-hmm. Speaking of motivation, my yeah. office is really hot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do something unprecedented and very rude. I'm leaving the episode now. Oh, okay. Everyone else can finish without me. Do you? Yeah. I'm leaving this room. <laughs> Maybe next time we can get you set up uh, on your laptop. That's exactly what I was thinking, but yeah. Okay, uh, Stephen. Talk to you later. Made it a lot of the way. I through, don't blame you. I know how hot that room is. Yeah, I'm. I'm leaving. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 All right, leave Bye, already. Everybody. Bye. <laughs> there he goes. Okay. No, he's still yelling, by the way. I can hear him. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So the first step is realizing you have that motivation, and that's that's very helpful. But then there, there can be that second thing that happens when you realize, oh, shoot, they know I have that motivation, and what are they doing to manipulate me yeah, for absolutely. that motivation? And that's like people who love to collect things. Games manipulate that motivation a lot both monetarily and time-wise I mean, like same same with the uh, with yep. like humans love um both achieving things and yep. watching numbers get higher like rewards so, totally the per- but as someone who doesn't particularly care about progression or collecting things i don't buy very much in games i'm very bad for free to play uh game makers because i don't care about skins i don't care about it at all so i don't they don't get me with that there are other things that can get me of course but but it's interesting to notice when you have so like that for me is not a desire that is exploited very easily because that's not a very strong desire in me. But like your competitive desire, that realization you had where it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, they might know about this desire and they might be creating a system to exploit it. Sounds like it was a very um, profound moment for you. Like I can't even imagine being like the same 14 or 15 year old that I was where mm-hmm. like. I like whenever I was trying to get good at Smash Brothers, I sat down with a paper right. and pencil and like did I, I was labbing a game before I had access yeah. to the internet, right? Like, and that blows mm-hmm. my mind that that's something that I was doing as a 14, 15 year old. And if I had had access yeah. to online competitive games at that point, I, I yeah. would have spent my entire like all of my existence yeah. and money and motivation toward that. And like, yeah, right, my brain is finally finished developing because I'm, I'm officially I've hit yeah. and passed 25 at this point, but like. Yeah. I like what would it be like to be a child who's like doesn't realize all of these things and and like yeah. the the realization you just described like what this, happens when that's not when you uh, don't hit that This <laughs> is why games are this is the danger of games and especially games when it revolves around children what makes them so dang dangerous is like yeah watching movies you can watch someone else act out something that you desire and that's pretty pretty important and so you know people can spend all their time watching tv because they can watch other people doing the things they wish they were doing etc but in games you get to do the thing you want to do yeah and they can design the entire thing around satisfying that desire in a way that feels good and so when misused that's a very powerful and very addictive thing and i think you're super right that the competitive desire is one of our most intense and ones that games are best equipped at um I don't just want to say exploiting because I don't think it's all exploitation. Uh, some of it is it is a legitimately fun and rewarding way to exercise competition and mastery. Absolutely. But there's also going back to the capitalism thing and just just stuff in general. There is a profit motive to exploit that desire at the same time. Yeah, um, and, and that's and always that, a double edged sword. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like the whole like it's just it's nuts. But also like mm-hmm. I love like I love playing games and I get a lot out of it. Like yeah yeah. Anyway, I just like yeah. I wanted to bring that up because 
basically what brought it about was like i was like anytime i do something good i'm like yeah like oh i'm so good at this game Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. some of that is like true pride i'm feeling like man i love feeling competent and my friend that i was playing with who is like he will play in low grandmaster he's like no dude you're garbage at the game and i was like well that feels a little mean but like (laughs) i'm not actually garbage he's like no no no. like you are like i was like hold on like i'm in the top 15 percent of players like maybe 20 you can't say that he's like no you're not and i was like wait what and like that (laughs) that conversation spiraled really fast wait was that about rocket league or was was that like i was i was actively playing rocket league with him oh that would feel bad oh no (laughs) he's like no you're 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 actually bad at the game and i was like wait a minute no i'm not and he's like no like i'm not even trying to be mean dude like you, like you're in the bottom 30 percent of players or whatever and i was like wait what so that's <laughs> man i have multiple questions i think would be interesting here here's a really quick one what is everyone's definition of being good at a game i think for me I, like i would prefer to be in the top 15 like i think 15 okay for so whatever you'd say it's reason. percent yeah but like more than so it's, that, it's, it's a comparative thing. It's how you are in relation oh, it's to other definitely, players. It's definitely comparative. I don't like competing okay. against myself. I like competing against other people. <laughs> gotcha. Cameron, for you, for and me, I have never thought about this before, so I don't know what my answer is going I'm to be. I'm super thinking really hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> what does it mean to be good at a game? I would say where I... Okay, I, I, Hots is my competitive game. It was anyways. Yeah, um, sure. Although I guess I'm pretty good at that stupid South Park game too. Um, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm constantly Cameron, in the top 200 percent, 200 people, guys. That's I'm awesome. always in the top yeah. 200. Um, so for me with Hots, it was two things. It was game knowledge and it was execution. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, um, unlike Ben, I like competing with myself. Um, and so I, what I with Hots, I got really good at knowing what to do and when to do it i mm-hmm. i was i was um i was like amazingly good at reading situations knowing when to pick who knowing what alt to take knowing which map we're playing on knowing the the everything about the strategic side of things i was i was amazing at it um but what i never was super good at was the execution of that so i would know yeah. God, we got to get Mercs at exactly eight minutes and 27 seconds because the, the, mm-hmm. the thing's coming up at nine and we have to go there for this one because we blah, 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 blah. But my my mechanics weren't good enough to follow up with my knowledge. So I never mm-hmm. thought that I was super, super good at HOTS. If I was able yeah. to pull that together and wrangle myself into um, uh, both of those aspects being solid, I would have said, cool, I am now good at HOTS. I am very, very, very good at HOTS. I could compete with the best of them you know, barring mm-hmm. grandmasters, you know, like I, yeah. at, when I was at my peak at HOTS, I felt like I could have been plopped into a game with nine other masters and held my own pretty well. Um, yeah. So that's about where I would say I, I was good at, you know, that that's about what I would say compared to HOTS anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think comparing yourself to other people is a very, it's a very good shorthand of ways to know if you're good at something. It, as someone who grew up playing a lot of like single player video games, um, which I think, you know, people will say like, oh, you're really good at that game without having a massive player base to be able to compare you to. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my definition would be something like being having a general mastery of all the things that could be done in the game and being able to execute on what you want to happen and have it happen. So, like, someone plays through a level, and what they want the character to do, that character does exactly what they planned for it to do. There's not a, like a second of hesitation well. with your button presses or anything. Yes. yes. Like, you have a complete mastery of the input-output to where what you want to happen, happens. 
And that right. to me would be like someone who's good at something. We're talking now, about I like, think your definition works too, Ben, because by comparing yourself with other people who have tried their hardest to be good at it, you start to get a method of who are the people who have the most mastery over that thing. Um, that, and I think that's, that's what competition. True. You, you yeah. guys know the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? I've heard of it, but I can't place what it is. So the Dunning-Kruger effect is the, it's the inverse law that says the less, like there's a, there's a weird U-shaped curve where the less you know about a subject, the more, the better you think you are at it. Yeah. Um, but then when you realize, like, as you start to learn a skill, your understanding of how poorly you are doing mm-hmm, that said mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. goes yes. down and then it eventually goes back up. Yep. But there's a there's a step toward the end where people who are very good at games call themselves trash all the time because yep. they're good enough to know what should trash. be done. <laughs> well, yep. well, they're good enough to know what should be done and also good enough to know that they are not succeeding. That's that. literally that where sense? I was in HOTS. That's literally, yeah. Yeah, I, would, yeah, yeah. I would watch something happen in our team fights and I'd be like, I I didn't use strafe at the right time and yeah. I saw the ETC was going to use his E and put us all in a mosh pit. So, I should have saved my Vraga Vra. I knew what was so happening. Ben, I knew I was like bad. You just, you just stepped off the cliff of the Dunning-Kruger effect in Rocket League <laughs> dramatically. Oh, yeah. It got so, like, like forced upon you it was in a conversation. Yeah, because so the Dunning-Kruger effect, it goes up a little bit like where you think like there's two points at the top where you think yeah. you're good it's where you yeah. don't know anything about the game and then at the very end when you know a lot about the game and then there's this huge u shape where you don't know yeah. anything about the game and i was so definitely what on i like first to do point. with games <laughs> what i like to do with games is repeatedly get to the first point and then switch games <laughs> because you get the most satisfying learning experience repeatedly i'm like wow i improved a ton okay i'm gonna play something else now you know wow obviously you forget at this too you know, what's crazy to me is that like how i judge myself in single player games is totally mm-hmm. different because like i love roguelikes and i would consider myself very good at two of them specifically one is yes. into the breach and one is hades um yeah. and like I don't know why I decided that well, I was good at those. Against, yeah, you're like, competing I, like, against two different things. So <laughs> you have a very good reason because in a single-player game, the thing you're competing against is the difficulty level, which the designers designed for people to get good at. Now, competing against other people is completely different. Other people are not designed to make sure you have a good experience and learn a thing. Other people are designed to beat you. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I competing just, like, against... I yeah. just could never... I, I, would, I would never be allowed to get into uh, speedrunning. Like... Yeah. That would be the no, worst don't. thing. Oh for god. Me. <laughs> that would be yeah. awful. Don't do that cuz that would turn all single player games into the cuz yeah, speed running is the way you play a single player game competitively in the same way that you play a multiplayer game competitively. Yeah, exactly. And no, it shows it so that like for me. <laughs> I didn't love I loved especially growing up single player stuff way more than multiplayer stuff because I didn't want that level of competition. Like the level of I like difficult single player games a lot. Like playing through a Halo campaign, especially in co-op and having to struggle to beat it was super fun. But then you throw yourself in with other people and it's like, oh, this is a whole different level of competition happening here. Because like even games that are notoriously hard, like the Souls games, that is not nearly as difficult as going up against another human being who is making it their entire effort. To yeah, beat. exactly. That's so much harder than like almost any commercially released single player game would would dare to do. I mean, you can do like super high difficulty levels, but it's other people <laughs> are always going to be the hardest thing to overcome yeah speed running did kind of solve that by letting you compete with other people absolutely absolutely and like i i i don't know man like i think the 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 end point of hold on are they like who profits off of me feeling bad about myself Mm. is like so like it's really it's really important to get to that point (laughs) yeah 
No, I think I think that's it's helpful to realize that because it gives you a way to check your own motivations because we can all run ourselves into a ditch by running after our motivations heedlessly. Um, and I think it's it's very helpful when you can start to realize just because I want something doesn't mean I should do that thing. And <laughs> one thing to help you realize that is, oh, wait, people are manipulating to do that thing so that they can profit off of me. That is one of the many things that might make you realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't just blindly run after that thing then. Absolutely. That's, that's not great. And yeah, but that being said, I don't think all competition is, is bad because everything's getting exploited. So if that was our reason for not doing things, we could never do anything again because <laughs> True, people can find a way to exploit said, anything. They totally have, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, but anyway, that's so interesting that you had kind of that awakening moment of being like, one, I'm bad at this. And two, I might be, man- what am I being manipulated to want to be good at this? Yeah, it's freaking, um, it's freaking nuts. Anyway, I'm sorry to—I yeah. didn't want to hijack an entire podcast worth of conversation, no, but I really want to. I think share you that used you. your time, um, especially since Stephen just ceded his entire time. What's um, the <laughs> hardest single-player video game you guys have ever beaten? Ooh, that's a really good question. Let me plug. And hardest can complete... be, of course, you have a spreadsheet of the games you've beaten. Why am I even surprised? Uh, well, I don't actually know if I've beaten as a thing, but I have a spreadsheet of the games, so I'm gonna look through those. I have a difficulty because I tend to relate um, difficulty to hours spent, and I know sure. that that's not the case. Well, what, actually, you can say it that way, too, honestly. I don't care. Whatever, however you interpret a, that question. It's actually not a spreadsheet. It's a Notion database. Have you ever used Notion before? It, no. Very good platform if oh. you want something more powerful than spreadsheets I don't. and database <laughs> things, which I absolutely do. I know you it has do. The cover art of all the games, and yeah. you can go into them as individual cards. And yeah. can, it's great. Uh. Anyway... <laughs> Um, I'm looking... unabashed on interest from camera. I love it. <laughs> oh, we're, yeah. I'm very used to this. All right. That sounds cool, man. Um... Uh, yeah. So, hardest game that I've ever beaten single player. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I, and I count again. Interpret that question however you want. Like sure. you rebeat it on a hard, harder difficulty. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just you know, whatever you, however you interpret that. Now, unfortunately, I asked this question and I have no answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm looking and thinking. So we'll kind of fill some time here. Ben, you said numbers of hours spent. The things like pop in your mind is like, yeah, like I like, spent forever on that. I spent um like six hundred plus hours on uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two. But wow. like, I actively made that game Wait. harder on myself. Like I, oh. why? What, why did I on both fronts? Why did you make it hard? <laughs> why in the world because did you I, spend like, six hundred hours on? Okay, it? so like if I get into a game late, like if if yeah. like okay, I wasn't in on the ground floor, I mm. I will tend to try to seek out people who have played that series a lot and play it the way that they think it's meant to be played. And oh, the, the way that Xenoblade yeah. Chronicles ha- it has this mechanic where you can like as you're fighting you build up regular xp from fighting and then hidden Mm -hmm. xp and the hidden xp if you go and sleep you can just jack your your level way up high um like that hidden xp is just like it's basically like it's a little bit of setting your own difficulty but basically in previous games they did not have that setting and so Mm -hmm. um it's like the purists in the game, which I should not be listening to them. Um, no. The purists say that like the only way to play the game 
is to not use that mechanic at all. So the only way you level up is actively grinding, right? And I had time to grind at the point when I was playing that oh, game. No. So Why I did sat you let them trick you? It, I don't then it's not it's not <laughs> not my wisest hour okay <laughs> <laughs> this is just the ep- the episode of bin being exploited by people this is so sad. i mean like this is part of why i have to be careful is because i have to be yeah. aware of like because totally. i definitely fall into these traps super hard um yeah because you're such a hard worker that when someone gives you a goal to accomplish <laughs> it you won't question it you'll just start doing it for hundreds of hours and then we're like bin no you yep. didn't need to do that so like I like I definitely don't consider that the hardest, but like I put so yeah. many freaking hours into that game. Yeah, um, that's crazy. Because like and also like I just enjoyed the basic mechanics. Anyway, I don't, I don't totally want to gush totally about that game. Uh, yeah, like I I am not someone who seeks out difficult games. It's one of my things with like retro games. I never loved old hard games growing nah, up. Nah, those those like, games are not hard. Those games are those games are rigged. <laughs> well back said, to the exploit i mean again exploitation has existed in games since the very beginning yeah. of like coin op and yeah no that's that's a good point cameron but they are um difficult to see the end of we will say without spending lots of time in them and so i would often just be like all right i saw enough of this again like i said i'll get to that curve where i feel i'm okay at something and i'll stop yeah um, so there were lots of games like that and trying to think of a game that i'm like this is super challenging I'm really enjoying this. I'm going to keep pushing forward. Um, I mean, I have a couple of answers now. Okay, sorry. So let me let me jump in really fast before we totally move on. Um, I think beating Hades on thirty with a thirty-two heat, which is the highest that you can, and it's totally optional. I think that doing that run was up there. Um, I also like not necessarily difficult. Like, and this is part of the problem is it's that like I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's difficulty or just like goals to completion. But I played um. I got a hundred percent on burnout three, um, yeah. which like requires like grinding on top of grinding on top of grinding. Yeah. Um, and I unlocked everything okay, well in then, that game. So like, in that case, I do have the answer for the game that I spent a lot of time getting like my definition of mastery, understanding all the systems so that I could do literally everything that was in it, which was Sonic adventure two. Every level has like five permutations of the mission and, you a ranking system and i got the highest rank on every permutation of every level so that was definitely the one that i I don't think that game's like ludicrously difficult but it was a thing that definitely a lot lot of work a lot of effort and work towards trying to beat something in a game so Mm. that's definitely up there uh cameron let's hear yours um well i okay so i i kind of just been googling around and thinking of old games i played i definitely beat yeah the super mario bros lost levels um Oh, nice. Oh, there you go. With, I did not use it on emulator. It was not save states either, so I, I, I yeah. had to beat it with wow. the lives I was given, and that was hard. That was so hard. The last yeah, two worlds in that intense. stupid game are just... Well, they're stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other one, I did beat Demon's Souls, which honestly mm-hmm. wasn't very hard yeah. somehow. Yeah. Um, but then the other one that I thought of that it was that really was hard was one I didn't actually beat, but I got incredibly close, and I'm gonna count it honestly. And that's uh, that's Sekiro. Um, that mm, game is yeah, yeah, yeah. so so hard, and I'm on the final freaking boss that I just cannot beat him. Um, yeah. But getting, I can't believe I got as far as I did. Honestly, uh, there was times where I would spend literally five or six hours on a single boss. Um, yeah. in, a, in a row, you know, and um, finally I would beat it and it would feel so, so satisfying because I yeah. I don't really feel like Sekiro is nearly as obnoxious as Dark Souls ever was. Um, yeah. That game does a lot better with with difficulty. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the only things I can think of right about now is is yeah, is I can Mario and Sekiro. I can throw a couple more in here. Um, Dragon Age Origins I replayed on Ooh. the hardest difficulty because I just love the combat oh, system of that game so much. Sorry, yeah. Celeste. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I beat yep. the seasides of Celeste. Oh my god! Right, and right. I, I have like, I have like a cumulative like 50k deaths or something in in Celeste. <laughs> um, that I'm incredibly yeah, I proud normal, of that game. I, I mean, just beat the normal Celeste. I beat the B sides, and yeah. I was like, oh, there's no way I can ever beat the C sides, and I just plinked at them. I plinked at them over and yeah. over, and I, it took me so long, but I finally did. That's it. a I very good example of a super hard like technical. Um, achievement of yes i was incredibly incredibly proud of myself for celeste that was such a fun game man it's a good game yeah i think in this conversation i'm realizing that i don't gravitate toward difficult games yeah Mm -hmm. like it's like the difficulty of a game is not what makes me want to play it it's sure mastery over a system like i would much rather have like a a a deep game that i can like really sink my teeth into than Mm -hmm. a difficult game that requires me to get good because the or, or, or memorize boss patterns or whatever like yeah those, oh i hate bosses yeah oh, like boss that's, fights that are often the skill check of games and it's why i don't like souls games very much yep. i just don't find boss fights fights very interesting in yep. general but like I, in almost like, all I played, games i played some celeste and i never like i probably yeah. have maybe put like maybe six hours into the game which is mm-hmm. a fair a fair amount but like yeah. i so never felt I never felt the desire to just like I I need to continue. Like it was always mm-hmm. like yeah, this is like a fine game to play, but like yeah. It yeah, like I I I it, yeah. yeah sorry. I I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty much with you Ben that like it's one reason retro games aren't that big for me is just like here's a super simple system, get really good at it mechanically. I'm like that's okay, but something like Breath of the Wild where you, it's this breadth of system that you're learning more and more how things interact, like that to me is much more interesting or like solving puzzles in ribbon or something like that like those are the things like oh the witness finished every single puzzle without looking up a guide oh, did you awesome. really all of the panels yes uh- <laughs> you didn't look up a guide one single time no i no i think i forced myself not to that's yeah. cr- some of those puzzles are Wait, so no, okay. hard there is one time it was for one of it wasn't to beat the game it was to get into one of the audio logs mm-hmm. i did look up one thing for that because i was super confused and i just it, I had gotten super confused. The one in the boat, and I had just missed how the audio cues were trying. To I tell know. Me how to do um, it. I know how you get when you can't understand something. You probably were just like, yeah. "This makes no sense. Why? Why is it like this? Why? Yep. I don't understand." Looking it up. Yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I tried for so long on it. Uh, but anyway, yes, beat the whole game without looking. Anything That's up. really impressive. That was my brain. Literally, was like hurting. I wonder. Sessions. I wonder if a better question is like, what game are you most proud of playing? Yeah, of being, like, I think the witness. Playing, yeah. I think beating the witness without looking anything up is my top one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I 100% see why. That's cr- a crazy achievement. I was so burned out. I'd been the witness. It the so witness. Much. I I I didn't. I've never played the witness myself, but um, yeah. I watched Cameron play like I don't know, maybe an hour of it whenever he was streaming it like three years ago. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember really enjoying that. That like yeah. just like the the sitting down with a friend and being like, oh, that's a game. Yes. Baba is you. That's a game that I oh, wanted. that game I is wanted. so hard, dude. It is very I, hard. I was actually I want to play that so much. I was angry yeah. at that game because. You know, I, my brain is very logical. My brain works very logically. So you would think that yeah. that would be perfect for me because it's, it's literally yeah. logic-based. There's no puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's logic. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. like four levels in and I was like, 
what the hell is this? What do I do? <laughs> this is stupid. I hate this yeah. game. And I quit. I, it's, I just it's quit. It's in difficulty because I don't like difficulty that much in pure action games, yeah. especially retro games like boss fights. I love them in puzzle games yep. like The Witness. And so I'm curious to try Baba's you. I also really like them in like survival games. Like, oh, that's fair. I like it when um in in i remember steven and i would play like the original twilight princess which isn't a survival game but kind of an adventure game be like i wish it was harder i wish they only gave us three hearts or something because i'm not having to actually apply to myself uh, apply myself and survive in this world and it's one reason i loved uh pathologic 2 another game i'm pretty proud of beating because <laughs> that is a brutal survival game that as goes on it is actively trying to make your life miserable uh, and it started glitching out so being that was was an accomplishment because I basically had to break the game. But hold on, hold that on. Was, um, was it Pathologic that was 2? That's not the game that like intentionally glitches out, is it? No. The glitches okay. were definitely... Actually, once it glitched enough, I had to turn the difficulty down just to beat the dumb thing. Oh. Um, but it has an interesting settings menu where it's like, it's actively telling you, you are ruining the experience if you turn these difficulty sliders down. But we'll let you do that. It's okay. <laughs> like, A little bit of guilt. That's a nice way to, to do like the Dark Souls thing of like, this is the way it's intended to be played. Really? But we'll still let you adjust every slider individually. And that was pretty neat. You could change, like, everything about that game. Um, I've done so, anyway. some challenges like that. Like, I do a lot of Resident Evil 4 challenges. Um, yeah. Which, things like no deaths, which is mm -hmm. insanely hard. I've never done it. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just impossibly hard. Um, pistol only is a lot of fun. Um, I mean, Cameron, mm -hmm. the fact that you played a Resident Evil game in VR and beat it is like the most like that. That's what <laughs> blows my mind the most. Well, you're very scared of scary games, but that mm -hmm. was that was a, a, a memorable experience. One of the most memorable experiences yeah. in my entire gaming career, but not hard, just mm -hmm. scarier mm -hmm. than Tar. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Resident Evil Four is a lot is a really fun one for me because I first of all yeah. I just love that game so much. I could play that a trillion times right. in a row and never get tired of it. And then when you, you're yeah. like, this is too easy, so let's make it hard on myself. Knife only, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, jeez. Doable. Yeah. That's I, literally doable. I also, I also love difficulty when it comes to uh, strategy games. So like going mm -hmm. back to the Dragon Age thing, I love cranking the difficulty up on that and being in a boss fight and being like, all right, I'm going to think about this for two hours to get past We really boss need fight. to play Divinity Original Sin 2. I oh love gosh. it. Wait, yeah, on. Steve and I have been playing is that, that the at a pretty hard difficulty. Uh, yeah, you can control the environment and stuff. Yeah, it's so good. So I would good. absolutely play that game with you guys. That sounds like yeah. a good game. It is four player co op, so somehow you, me, Steven, and Cameron can play that game. Yeah, I feel like fun. the hardest part of that is getting everyone coordination. Around. It's yes. impossible. We could never do it, but I'm just gonna pretend we could we never could. do it. That's true. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but wait, yeah. hold on, so hold on, hold on. Let's if we want to go full circle here, we can do it when we're all in the retirement home together. There, there you that's go. That's how we're gonna be spending our <laughs> retirements. Yes. Um, railing against capitalism and playing divinity uh, <laughs> that's um but yeah it is interesting to think about like which win difficulty will become something that goes from rewarding to frustrating for each of us like ben it sounds like well competitive difficulty will be frustrating for you but you are incredibly motivated by it your motivation yeah. often overcomes your frustration um and but for me like the second a boss fight is super difficult i'm just mad <laughs> like i'm not having fun I'm just annoyed. I think that and that's I, like, been true for a like, long even time. Even when I did play games that had really difficult boss fights, I always felt like they were super fair. Like I don't think I ever mm. got emotionally like frustrated oh, by gosh. them because it was like 
yeah you telegraphed that like if, if you telegraphed yeah. the the thing and i just didn't respond to it or if i didn't anticipate it i think it. that for me where where it gets to me is that they're so patience based where it's not just telegraphing a thing it's that now you need to execute on that over and over and over and over and over again and if you get sloppy you have to start over from oh, the beginning see you know what's funny about frustrating you're you're pointing that out and i totally i understand your point but i'm mm. like those are the boss fights that i thrived in because it's like okay mm. you're telling me i have like i can do two damage every 30 yeah. seconds and i have yeah. to do that for 15 minutes well, ben, sure like i'll grind that <laughs> we out have, like we said at the beginning of this you are a much more patient man than i and can do the same thing over and over and over again well i will just be like i'm bored and switch things yeah you're way more patient than me um so yeah i think that's the problem with boss fights i'm like this is just boring and i'm not having to apply in my mind i'm just having to do the same menial task repeatedly and that drives me crazy so this is why i I, hate grinding i hate jrpgs i think the the so two bosses that i have attempted but never actually beaten because like i was just like like and it wasn't even anger it was just like i have no desire to do this yeah it was um uh sands from undertale and Mm. the 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 massive meat monster from super meat boy where i beat that game too i forgot about that one beat that yeah well like the the one you just have to memorize the pattern and that's it was the same with sands it was like all i'm doing is memorizing a pattern and then like like it it feels like i'm studying for a test and like i have to get a little bit for and i think this is why i don't like that's another frustrating thing about uh, another frustrating thing about boss fights is that like let's say you have a given combat encounter in a game that is not a boss fight. There are probably like a hundred different interesting ways you can enc- you can approach that encounter. And so you're creatively finding, if it's a good, interesting game, right. you're finding all these interesting ways that you can do it. So you're being creative in addition to doing something challenging. Most boss fights in traditional game design are designed to be beaten one way or a yeah. very particular way. And so like you said, you're just memorizing that way and then executing on it. And I love like puzzle boss fights like Shadow of the Colossus bosses are awesome yeah, because you're absolutely. basically figuring out how they work. Some Zelda bosses are great that way. But when it's just health bar, memorize the pattern and hit them, I just, oh, it's so See, boring I, I think me. that I draw like without trying to get like, I know we might be trying to wrap up, but without trying to go too yeah. deep in depth on this, I would draw a distinction between like the two mm-hmm. bosses that I, I called out and yeah. like a Dark Souls boss. Like a Dark Souls boss mm-hmm. is about mm-hmm. execution. It's about reading right. the patterns and not making a mistake, right? Which I'm totally okay. fine with. The difference between okay. that and a boss where you're just memorizing, like the stupid, like the Super Meat Boy boss, he literally, like there, he doesn't telegraph his attacks. He just does them oh i see what you have to you have to know that they're coming and then it's like right fist down left fist left fist down yeah face down and you have to just know that pure memorization it's pure memorization and like that's how i felt like it was with sans as well it's like i don't Mm -hmm. i don't want to memorize this like i i will listen to megalovania all day long but i'm not gonna fight this guy (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair i think I'm, i'm not a big fan of pattern memorization in general even when they're telegraphed but i agree with you that the most frustrating ones are the ones where like i mean cameron and i talked about this it's why i think 2d sonic games are boring because mm. there's no way you can actually predict where the level's going you just have to play it enough that you memorize it yep um and that's annoying well at a 3d sonic game at least most of them you can get technically proficient enough at it that you you can see what's coming and, and adapt to it nope um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i disagree cameron yeah. can i ask you a question really fast about of your uh, your south park game yeah do you think that you would lose motivation if you hit the number one spot in the world that's a good question. Um, Do you still play it? Yeah, I just said oh, I wow. did earlier. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. Play Sorry. it every single day. Um, wow. It's really fun. I'm really good at it. <laughs> um, 
and it's not again I, we're, i'm at the point where everybody is so maxed out that it's not even like money based anymore we're just all mm-hmm. the same levels and i'm just better than them um that's so funny it's so fun um the, 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 you reach the end of the microtransactions it's i mean like, all right it's <laughs> gotten to the point the where it's literally that's literally true like once in a while wow. you'll run into the super whale who's spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars on it um, uh-huh. But then you just I beat them anyways because they're they're yeah. actually bad at the game and it may, cracks me up when I beat them. Yeah. Um, yeah. To answer your question, Ben, that's a good, that is a very good question because I often do that. I often have a goal for myself in a game, and once yes. I hit that goal, like it happened with um with uh, Stardew Valley um, yeah. and Satisfactory, oh. but Stardew Valley, I was playing the snot out of that game, and then I I made Mary Abigail my my uh, my like my end goal, and the second we got married, I was like. I'm done. I'm done with this game. It's yeah. over. Oh, um, Cameron, which, which how sad. did you not mention one of the very difficult things you've done in games, Guitar Hero? You were like, oh yeah, you did insane amounts of Guitar Hero and I, got insanely good at it. I forgot about that. I beat all the hard songs in Guitar Hero. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a big one. I mean, I beat like Jordan and Fire in the Flames. The problem is now is that people are so much better at Guitar Hero. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, they haven't quit over the last like eight no, years. No, <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about like they've gotten better from my best ever. Um, yeah. Things like Firing the Flames and Jordan are small potatoes compared to what people are doing nowadays. Like, right, like with mods and stuff. Or? Yeah, like Clone yeah. Hero right now is huge, mm. and the, the 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 tracks people are beating in Clone Hero. Yeah. Are I would say seven eight times harder than Jordan or Firing the Flames. I think this is Flames. another reason that I'm, I'm going back to my uh lack of patience i don't know the best thing to, to call it i my lack of loving to do the same thing over and over and over again is one reason that i think that i never get that competitive because i know there are always going to be other people who love to master one given thing mm-hmm, more than I. Mm-hmm. and so i'm like i'm never going to be the greatest x because i don't have the motivation to stick with that one specific part of life for that stinking law. So, right. So, and, Steve, so, yeah. Brian, this this could bring up, there was one other side to the conversation we had earlier, mm. but let's just do that next week. And basically, oh, the, the, the topic... Week? Month? Month, <laughs> next month. But, like, yeah. the, the, other, the other side of this for me, like, is, a, I yeah. guess, a preview, if I'm able to be on and we talk about it, was... Yeah. Um, the reason I want to be better than quote unquote the average is because mm. I I get really angry that most esports they have a um hold on just a second. Sorry about that. Most most esports scenes have a. Uh, it, it, it is common for them to say like there's like. If even if you're in the top zero one percent of players, there is mm-hmm. the upper echelons, like the like the actual best top two hundred or whatever, and then anywhere below that is like you've got like dumpster legend or you've got like garbage diamond, like it's yeah. people gatekeeping the best of the best, and like mm-hmm. that mindset bothers me so much because like I wish we could compare ourselves instead against instead of against the best people who literally dedicate their lives to playing this game and it's a it's their mm-hmm. livelihood. Mm-hmm. I wish we would compare against each other. And like, I kind of wish there were separate, like they would keep those separate, but there's not. And yeah. the gatekeeping there bothers me, but like, that's a yeah. whole nother conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's a really interesting point too. Yeah. Go ahead, Cameron. Well, I, I was actually going to go backwards if we're going to talk about that later, because that's an interesting topic, honestly. Um, yeah. But I wanted to go backwards. Ben, you asked me if I would quit if I was got number yeah. one yeah. in that South Park game. And the answer is no. Um, because that's not why I play that game. 
um, the reason the, what I like to play that game about is it's very strategic and it's um, well, basically, it's a lot of strategic options the second you open up the game, right? It's like, it's very much a card game. It's like, all right, who am I playing mm -hmm. against? All right, it's sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. Okay, I know exactly what I'm going to probably be up against. I know the meta cards. Okay, uh, now my deck is formulated in a way that, uh, you know, I'm, I have lots and lots of counters. My deck is not aggressive. So, okay, he, I see I see he's about to play this meta pick. Yep, there it is. So now I know, I know how to counter that. So it's very, it's very, it's very reactive, and it makes my brain tingle in a way that I'm just like, yeah, this is great. Um, so yeah. even if I hit number one spot, I would go back to it still because I like yeah. it's basically like a puzzle. Every time the, the new yes. match starts, you're, it's a you're puzzle. You're describing exactly Hearthstone for me because Hearthstone right. is like, here are the puzzle pieces. I can look at a card or a class or whatever, and my brain will immediately fill in all the knowledge around yep. it. And now I get to solve this really fun, colorful, interesting puzzle that yes. I'm good at solving. And it's one reason I can't go back to Hearthstone is because I can never learn the cards that well again. I'm yeah. too far yeah. away from it. Like I can't. I think I think Cameron, I've now yeah. heard you say twice in this podcast that you really enjoy having a massive base of knowledge that you're able to pull from and know what you should do in a situation. You said that about Hots, and now you've said that about your other game, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like knowing what to do and having spent the time and being rewarded with just having the knowledge is something that like makes you enjoy playing games is that correct that yes 100 percent. so it makes sense why you would have no desire to get into league of legends yeah the amount of knowledge that you yeah. would need is freaking yeah. insane <laughs> that's that's oh my gosh <laughs> yeah it's 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 what makes mobas special and it's that they create this ludicrous knowledge pool but it is so rewarding once you have mastery over that knowledge pool because yep. you're making all of these connections and getting to do all these little things to to tweak it and there are very few other genres that that work in that same way but it also makes it insanely intimidating to learn a new moba even like this new pokemon moba it's like it's There's an intimidating amount of information and it still right. is so much well that's <laughs> still, like, that's what i've just been yeah. fighting with recently is that that the pokemon moba came out and like every single one of my friends mm -hmm. were like let's play it and i'm like yeah i'm gonna be realistic Including here me. Including you, yeah. Um, I'm gonna be realistic here, and I'm. This is not me, me being dramatic. I don't think I'll ever learn another MOBA in my life. I think yeah. I learned Hots top to bottom, back and forth. I just don't have the mental capacity to learn another MOBA mm -hmm. in my entire life. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. It's too much. Um, yeah. And so I just told them, guys, I'm not gonna play this Pokemon game because, and I don't even want to play it casually because it's not fun if you don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, I mashed a bunch of buttons and I suddenly come I came out on top somehow. Oh wow, that was fun. Yeah. No. The fun of MOBAs is knowing what's going on <laughs> and pressing yeah. the right buttons at the right time. And so I was just like, you guys mm -hmm. have to go play it without me. I just I'm not gonna play it. I don't wanna learn another MOBA. I just I physically yeah. cannot learn another MOBA. It's too much. It's as also, much as I yeah. want to learn League, I literally am like I look at the, the mechanics of League and I'm like, I wish Hots was a little more in depth, but then I just can't make myself learn. You know, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. That's valid. Yeah. It's valid. I, uh, I speaking of the the Pokemon MOBA, there's equipable items in that game that you have to level up with real money. Mm. Apparently, it's like seventy dollars per item to get it fully leveled up, and so the uh, game is officially yeah. pay to win. Which like, mm. yay. That's, <laughs> that's so rough. Uh, did you also know Ben? Um, that apparently, like, at least in the lower leagues in that game, if you lose a certain number, they'll, they'll match you up into a bot game where they name the bots like humans. So you yeah. Won't be able to tell. Like, uh, like what <laughs> Fortnite does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and PUBG yeah, awesome. as well. Yeah. Everyone yeah. does that nowadays. It's pretty clever. Yeah. 
That's yeah. that's why if you watch a bunch of YouTube videos of like we're we're playing PUBG today for people who don't normally play PUBG or whatever, yeah. they destroy in that game because they're playing against bots. Well, um, I had that experience in Fortnite, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm probably. yep. <laughs> so it's also possible deceptive. that the it's also possible that the player base of Fortnite yeah. is so big that uh, I would do fine against people who are playing on their iPads. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, um. Yeah, no, and some another thought I had, and then we can close things out here. I think for when it comes to difficulty for me, I, I'm motivated less by I'm going to become the master of this game and more by I get to see myself improve at a new skill. And I think that's one reason I enjoy the first, you know, becoming competent at a game to me is really fun. And yep. that, like with StarCraft, Cameron, you taught me to go from not knowing what I was doing to becoming competent at it. Mm -hmm. But where I tend to lose my motivation is once I, I can see very well the insane diminishing returns that are going to come yep. once I go from competent yep. to an expert. And I'm like, I'm not going to dump hundreds and hundreds of hours into this one game. And so that's where I tend to step on the off ramp. What happened like, with I HOTS? I got to the competent point. Um, what happened with HOTS is I think it became a very social thing for me and you. We, we found it was a game that we just liked playing together. And so I kept playing it. I was not playing it primarily to become a master of it. I didn't read. Right. I well, like I don't know about that. We we had a lot of nights talking about strategy and yeah. stuff and figuring out why we right. sucked. Um, we were wanting to have more fun games for sure. Oh, that's but true. Like, it we was were, in motivation we really to have better games. Yeah. We just wanted to keep having fun with it. But if we were really serious about being great at it, I, we would have like found competitive teams to join and like been looking at guides all the time. But I think I just had such a good experience with the game. I wanted to keep it. I wanted to keep it at a difficulty level that was fun for both of us to keep being able to play it. But I don't mm. think I was really seeking to become a master of it because, I, like, climbing was kind of fun. But you, did, you I, climbed. Even with you hots, eventually climbed. Yeah, I did eventually. Um, but even with hots, I'm like, it. Well, I wasn't trying to become like competitive with it. Um, I, I miss and hots. I think that's, yeah, but I think that's especially true of other games for me, where I'm like, I enjoy learning the game um and becoming competent at it but i i understand that any given game at some point is going to be incredibly diminishing returns now yeah. um, because it's just a skill like any skill and i think if i was to really really invest myself in a skill like that it would be something that wasn't a game it would be you know yeah music and production that, or playing music yep. or something like that <laughs> sorry that that rang true with me it's like I uh I really enjoy playing games, but there's there's a lot of times where I'm faced with, all right, do I want to get better at this game? I, I recognize how much time it's going to require, how much effort it's going to take, yeah. and I just compare that time and effort to literally if I applied it to literally yeah. any other skill. It's like, all right, well, I could be yeah. a better person, or I could get good at this one. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I but I really do enjoy the the quick skill learning simulation that games can provide of like that first 10 to 20 hours of the game where you're like, Oh, oh I'm yeah. learning this skill. Like I, I do find that incredibly rewarding and fun to do, but yeah. Uh, the idea of like, I, I need to be the best at every game I play. I'm like, ah, I don't have that kind of motivation for any given, any given game. But um, yeah, well, this has been super interesting topic. Ben. Thank you for, for bringing that. I, I it, better than capitalism, but still, I, 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 I'm not trying to just overtake every conversation with what's no. currently going on in my brain. <laughs> no, that that is perfectly fine. We have uh, we tend to just default to the what's been up in our lives recently, and so it's always nice to have uh, another interesting interesting topic to go into. And I think the capitalism one was really interesting as well though so i am glad cameron that you saved us from going there again i could, i saw it funny. coming yeah yeah though it is funny to see how we could tie all of these conversations back into capitalism uh if we wanted to very easily we don't want to though. um but we don't <laughs> um 
I mean, all right. Speak for we yourself. Will... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. There. Um, all right. Oh, Thank you. hold on. Before, before we go, I want to say yes. something. One more thing. Yeah. Last week, no, maybe a, maybe a week ago, sometime last week or within a week or two, was 180 days of working out for me. Oh Holy my gosh, crap. that's incredible! Straight, that's like I missed like three days or four days total. Um, you and, are more dedicated to working out than I have ever been. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why or what happened. As a matter of fact, I actually just started up doing more miles again because I was I took a break to go mm. bike riding. Um, so yeah. I wasn't running anymore and I was bike riding about 10 yeah. miles. Um, and then I took a break from bike riding and I kind of fell off like mm. still doing, I was doing some weights and I was doing walks of course. Yeah. Um, but no runs. And then, so this, uh, what is today? Saturday, uh, this yeah. middle of last week, I decided to start running again. And so I, uh, but awesome. I've kept my, I've kept my stamina up cause I ran an eight minute mile. Um, nice. so I'm, I'm, yeah, I just really wanted to brag on myself 180 days, half a year of exercising. Dude, that's so good cool. for you hey brian i do have to say we mm-hmm. if you do end up editing in that bumper we totally well all we need to do to make it work for this is just input the word calorie before burn notice oh Ooh. here here's here uh do this what, what was the burn notice um bumper again burn notice and then okay it, so it, 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 yeah insert, insert this calorie burn notice where cameron tells us how many times he's gotten burned in this last week okay nice i like it i like it i will definitely do that for this next step for this next section all right what an episode what a show thank what you, a show ben you're welcome brian thank you cameron no problemo bro thank you me and half the, just thank steven he doesn't get a full thing i i'm um, sad steven left yeah, I would have liked to have him. Uh, I would have been curious to hear his thoughts on the competitive. I would have too, been too, because he, he tried to do like a little bit of competitive with Overwatch at one point, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I wanted to yeah. hear his thoughts. But he is not a very competitively motivated person in general, games and otherwise. Right. Uh, so it would have been interesting to get his perspective. He's the least competitive of all of us. I would agree with um, that, yes. Yeah, he, he very much just competes with himself. He's like, I like my own little world over here. I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Which fits his personality of leaving the episode. So, yeah, kind of does. All right. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next month with um, uh, more, hopefully, Ben, if we can oh. schedule around this. Otherwise, it'll just be me, Stephen, and Cameron talking about our lives. Dang it. So. I forgot another big thing I really wanted to talk about. Ooh. Well, we can do it next month. Let's tease it. Well, it'll <laughs> it'll be it's about my job. It's super different. Oh, that things are might happening. not be. Oh, that. Hmm. I do want to hear about that. Well, I we'll I've told to... you guys all yeah. about it on the podcast. Okay. I, I mean, on the podcast channel. So, I, yeah. I teaser. I probably got a really cool new job. Ooh. Sick. That's awesome. Yeah. Tune in all right. next week. To well, your house tune in next month. Month. Or um, next, <laughs> don't overpromise for me. <laughs> tune in next for month. A bar. Oh, I was going to say for a strip club, but that's Oh, for fine. a strip club, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the strip club in my town. Oh, I mean, no why do you think Cameron's been working out so much? <laughs> Literally, that's 180 why. days, that's all he's been working towards. <laughs> no, I am a stripper uh, is what actually what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Bye. Bye.